Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm very excited and very happy today to introduce you to Ines, who's a digital marketing expert. Ines, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you, Tom. You're very welcome on the show. Ines, we always start off the same. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, please? Of course. And thank you for having me here, Tom. Um, So I'm Ines. I'm uh, from Croatia and I'm based in Zagreb at the moment, but um, I used to work in Dublin as well for six years. As you said, digital marketing expert, which means that uh, I'm not specialized in any of the areas. And this is what I would love to continue growing uh, myself in this more general role. Um, So my background is in journalism and public relations. Um, But I very early realized that I don't want to work in journalism. (laughs) I'll give you an anecdote. The same year when I wrote a really, really, really good article and did a really good research on the day it got published, it didn't really get many clicks or views because it was the same day that Kim Kardashian broke the internet with her naked butt. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. It was in 2014. I remember. And yeah, then, it, was the, yeah. <laughs> it was the champagne dress thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that the yeah. one? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's and the one. I think that was the turning point in my head because prior to that, I worked as a journal, journalist and editor-in-chief for a um, couple of years. I was still kind of in between. Oh, is this something I want to do or not? But After that, I was definitely sure (laughs) I need to switch my careers. I've already started at the time, you know, learning some uh, basics of WordPress and Facebook and Google ads, but more like support actions to my core writing. Um, But uh, yeah, that's that's in short how it all started. And then in 2014, when I made my decision to completely switch to digital marketing that's also when I decided to move from Croatia to Dublin um, it was just the best place to explore these opportunities at the time uh, considering the language that I already spoke and uh, the easiness of the migration from you know one career to another having in mind how many offices um, opened up in Dublin uh, in, in that time, especially for digital marketing roles, right? Google, Facebook, Groupon. <laughs> so my first job um, in digital space was in Groupon, and that's where I stayed for nearly six years. I started as a campaign manager, and then ever since I've been just growing, um, I was promoted to program manager, then content strategist, and then finally, the brand and social media lead. And then COVID happened, unfortunately, and um, the whole marketing department lost their jobs uh, in Groupon. I got a bit stuck on island in Ireland. If you remember, you had very, very strict uh, restrictions in the first few months. So um, that was another turning point for me. What do I do now? I don't have a job. I love Ireland, but I love Ireland pre-COVID, not this Ireland. Um, and then it took me about three months to get a, uh, to get a hold of a plane ticket and come home. And then that was 2020, obviously. I got home finally on the 1st June <laughs> and I took the whole summer just to contemplate about what do I do next? And that summer was uh, great. I didn't do anything. I just, you know, um, visited all the beaches in Croatia and, you know, 
spend my time thinking about uh, what to do next. And then completely accidentally, um, when I was drinking with my friends, <laughs> in a completely private mode, one of them told me they heard of a role of a digital marketing manager that was um, opened in a company called Lemax. And this is the current company that I work in. Um, Lemax is a software for tour operators and, and travel agencies. And um, that that role was very, very appealing to me. And it made me decide to come back to Croatia and not, not live in Ireland, at least until the whole pandemic settles down. Um, and that's pretty much... It's about my background. Don't know if I said too much. <laughs> no, no. And it was brilliant. It was brilliant to get a full breakdown. So Ines, where you are right now, what would you see as your main strength in digital? And can you talk a bit more about that particular area? Sure. So you can you can imagine it was quite a big change for me to move from Groupon, which was completely B2C, to uh, B2B software in a very niche um part of the tourism. So I would say in the last nearly two years since I've been working in this role that my, my uh, main strength was to, you know, uh, stay focused and keep learning regardless of the fact that I've been working for, I don't know, 12 plus years. You always need to keep learning and keep learning and studying. So um, I would say that now I actually am very, very strong in the CRM B2B lead generation, which is something that I never did before. I did CRM, obviously, with C's, customers, not with businesses. Um, but this is, at the same time, something that I still am aware that I need to still work on a lot and learn a lot about it. So transitioning from a kind of B2C marketing into a B2B, what's the biggest learning curve you've had to date in doing different types of marketing? So for me, um, definitely the, the dynamic is very slow compared to the B2C that I spend a lot of time in. Um, and it was quite hard at the beginning to find drivers and motivation because I was so well used to looking literally real data, looking into the numbers and you know, hundreds and thousands and millions of money that was just coming through uh, thanks to my campaign. While in the B2B world, the pace is super slow compared to that. So that was the number one thing in this migration that was a bit frustrating at the beginning. Uh, the second thing uh, that I learned is that you need to spend a lot more time in researching your buyer persona and the the market and the industry and the trends in the industry rather than in just this consumer uh, community, you know. Um, I think th those would be the two biggest things that were different and the hardest for me to cope with. Uh, but after I made the switch, now I'm enjoying it quite well. Um, it's not as fast, but it's deeper. I feel like I have a deeper knowledge about uh, this niche industry, about the buyer persona, about these people who sit in these companies and the companies as well. That's brilliant. And do you find from a marketing point of view, you're, with B2B in particular, it changes quite a lot, whereas B2C is all about your kind of your, your campaigns, building out a story, educating your audience on business. Do you find B2B is a lot more personable you have to kind of identify people within businesses 
and try and get them on the phones or get their emails and try and build relationships with them? Is, is that part of your challenge as well? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I would say what I see in B2B, there's still a lot, a lot of uh, traditional marketing and there is still a lot of, um, how do I say this? I believe that people themselves are way more um, up to date with the trends, with the digital appearance, with the way they behave and they use apps and they're, you know, all of us are those people. But the companies are not following these trends as fast. So their processes are still a bit outdated. So you need to find a fine balance between being super cool and super modern when targeting these people and being too traditional. So that's another challenge and, you know, a sweet spot that you need to find. It's it's interesting. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to know a little bit more about that. So... Can you tell me a particular campaign that you're really proud of that you think works quite well in B2B marketing? Yeah, definitely. So again, it's all about the combination of digital and traditional. So the the, the campaign that I'm most proud of uh, happened just in autumn last year when we were um, targeting uh, potential prospects uh, through emails and inviting them to uh, an event that we hosted, my company hosted on Iceland in Reykjavik. So I did the whole campaign before the event from Zagreb without ever, you know, step my, stepping my foot on Iceland without knowing anyone on Iceland, only having one client, two clients and one partner uh, at Travia, which we have an integration with. So with their help, uh, a bit of word of mouth, always, always a bit of word of mouth in B2B and um, some uh, digital activities that we did. This was a very, very successful event. We had 35% uh, of the base showing up at the event. We the event itself went really well. We got great feedback about the topics of the panel, about the you know software features that we presented there, and about everything that we did. And we still see the leads converting and coming from those uh, from that event. So we're say, we're talking nine months after that. Just last week, one uh, lead from Iceland came back to us, and they want to request a demo and talk to us uh, about the system. That's incredible. So you're adding in the kind of traditional event marketing to kind of increase your conversion rate with your business clients as well, your prospects, basically. And yeah, that's a really clever way of, of going about things. Uh, logistically, did it make sense for the businesses you were trying to attract to be in Iceland? Is that why you chose Iceland? Yeah, no, it was only Iceland companies. So this was a very... Uh, local targeted campaign um, we used we utilized the fact that we already have some client clients there and some brand presence and um, just it it wasn't as hard as if it would be if we would go to a market that nobody ever heard of us and if it's huge Iceland is not that huge you know yeah so it was a combination of a bit of everything yeah very clever very clever and is there any particular softwares you swear by that you use on a day-to-day -day basis that could help our audience? Oh, yeah, definitely. So HubSpot or any other CRM system is something that I, I don't know how any marketer can work without them. You need to know your audience, follow the, your audience, treat them personally, individually. Um, one size does not fit all. <laughs> so that's my number one thing. 
the second one is WordPress in my case or any other CMS system uh, for our audience. So you need to know how to, you know, talk to your audience on your website. You need to track their behavior on the website as well. Google Analytics is something that is always open on my on my screen as well. Um, if you do a bit of design, Canva is the place to go. You don't need to be a designer to use Canva. And it has all the features just like Adobe or any other designer tool. Um, yeah, that, those four would definitely. Okay. So a CRM system, WordPress, uh, Canva and analytics. That's you, you, you start your day and you finish your day with those. So just to focus on HubSpot for a second, that CRM integration, I'm guessing into your company's kind of backend system. Uh, what is the best part of using HubSpot? Is, is it the lead section? Can you tell our audience a little bit more about how they could operate HubSpot? Sure. Yeah. So I'm only I'm using marketing module, automation module, and con and the contacts module mostly. Everything else is in the sales team. Uh, we also use Salesforce, so we have integration between between these two. So the sales team, you know, keeps notes of their operations and day to day talks uh, with prospects, and then whatever they put in the Salesforce, it comes back to HubSpot, and then I can use that information in building my campaigns. Um, so automation, workflows, um, newsletter creation, and then the, the information about the contacts. We have so many fields that we created custom for us. So we know if this tour operator is, you know, working B2B or B2C, if they're only selling packages for groups or for individuals if they're obviously which country they're located in um, and all other basic demographic information and then when you have this space you can really do magic you can really do magic each of them can get a piece of content that is nearly tailor-made for them they at least for them it looks like that right yeah completely and is there any particular areas you're looking to upskill your particular skill set now in the in the coming, let's say, six months? Yeah, so um, I'm very proficient with WordPress, as I said, but only from the marketing side. I would still love to improve my knowledge in website builders, in HTML. This is something that I just didn't do when I was younger, and now I feel like I, I, this is something that I'm missing. Um, but in general, I think in the next six months and more, uh, I will definitely be improving my knowledge about software and B2B industry. This is something that I'm only been in for a year and a half. So there's so much more to learn. There's so much more to know. Um, I want to go on different, you know, uh, technical trade shows. I want to go on different courses. I want to do researches on my own within our community, um, and so on. Love it. And the digital industry as a whole, is there anything that you think might enhance the company or, or the B2B industry or just the digital industry as a whole? Is there anything that really excites you that's coming down the line? What actually excites me that finally, I think this is coming from the COVID, um, COVID uh, pandemic, finally, there's no, I remember a few years ago, every time I would explain what I'm doing, people would buy, oh my God, you're stalkers, you're just stalking us. Uh, you know, the cookies and the consents we give you, you're tracking us. Why do I see this ad if I click? And finally, people are actually understanding more that 
this is not that bad. <laughs> you know, you can personalize your experience everywhere you go and every everything you browse. So this is something that makes me happy that we're not, we don't have this reputation of stalkers, but we have, I hope, <laughs> more and more a reputation of somebody who analyzes the data, makes decisions, finds creative ways to reach out to the audience. And then finally, the audience has a good experience. I, I believe this is the, the whole magic that is happening now and that the, most of people are now recognizing that. Completely agree. Yeah, that's such a well-balanced answer. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we ask on the show every episode, we try and understand the people behind the role a bit more. Mm-hmm. And the question I ask is, if you could bottle up one personality trait that you have yourself and pass it on to others, what would it be? <laughs> Cool-headed, <laughs> again. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this question. And it's a hard one because nobody, you know, likes to talk about themselves and especially when you have to put it in one uh, one word. Um, but when you, when you think of any type of digital marketing, any type of industry or a company that you work for or with, it's very stressful and things change all the time. It's very fluid. What the algo said yesterday, it's probably going to be different tomorrow. Mistakes happen and there's a lot of pressure from all sides, bottom, top, um, towards marketing because um, people are used that we have solutions for everything. And if you don't stay cool-headed, you're going to burn out straight away, the first day. <laughs> and uh, it, I know it's for some people it's easier said than done, especially if they're you know, naturally passionate, so they have these strong ups and downs. But it's definitely something that can be trained and managed because I'm also passionate <laughs> um, and I also have my ups and downs. But, you know, within years and through experience, you learn how to stay cool headed and pick your battles. Yeah. You know, <laughs> some things are worth uh, your stress, but some things are really not. What a brilliant way to end the show. Thank you so much for being part of the show. I'm sure everyone loved what you had to say. And yeah, what a gorgeous episode. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much.